What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Hello, empaths. Welcome to the show. We're going to be sharing our community connections episode with you, which we do once a month. This is our opportunity to get to share some stories and questions that listeners have sent in to us. Don't forget, if you want to send in a story or a question to us, you can always email us, enlightenedempaths at gmail.com. I'm going to start us off, Denise, with a lovely dream story. We love hearing your emails about your dream visitation story. So please always feel free to continue sending those to us. This one says, I was extremely close to my grandmother. She was my person. In 2017, my grandmother was in a hospital rehab and was scheduled to go home on February 14th. On February 10th, I had a dream of just her head floating near the ceiling of my living room with green light behind it. She said, the last time we talked will be the last, in a very matter-of-fact way. It seems so real. The next day, I talked to my family, and they said all was well with my grandmother. So I just kept the dream to myself. She passed away on Tuesday, February 13th, in the early morning hours. My son's birthday is February 12th, and we believe that she waited until after midnight so her death would not fall on my son's birth date. Wow. That's an amazing story because that way she knows that her grandmother's soul knew she was going to be passing because she told her before it happened in this quote unquote dream. And it also shows that our soul does have some choices in terms of when we go. Now, I don't think we always get that choice, obviously, but the fact that she waited until it wasn't going to be on her grandson's birthday is really, really significant and just just a lovely last gesture of love for her grandmother to give to the family. Yes. And and that seems to have come up in some other dream stories that we've we've shared over the past several months is people having a premonition or a dream visit or a feeling of someone who's getting ready to leave that they do know. And I I think often people are aware. I agree with you on that. Well, remember when I was telling you about that recording I I took of me talking to my dad when he was talking about all the dreams he was having of a staircase and his yes. dad gesturing him to go over. So I was re-listening to that recording and he kept saying, they're telling me I have to go at six at six o'clock. Mm-hmm. And you know, my dad had Alzheimer's for years, and this was just a very weird, rare moment of lucidity for him. So I had to get my phone out and hit record. And that happened about, I'd have to look at the actual recording date. It was about seven months before he passed. And so I'm just listening to the recording again, because, you know, just missing my dad and all. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, he passed away at 6 a.m. Wow. 
And oh my goodness. Yeah. And I just really hadn't thought of that until I re-listened to the recording. So I, yeah, I wonder if our soul on some level always knows. I don't know. Oh my goodness. It's a lot to think about. It is. Our next one, I've been experiencing communication or premonitions and knowing this about family members passing away. I first experienced this with my brother. About a year before he passed, I knew he would die from alcoholism. I felt his passing wash over me while I was working and was told that this was the path he chose. Now I'm receiving a knowingness about my husband passing away within two years. I feel like God is trying to prepare me for this. What do you suggest I do with this knowledge? Ooh, first and foremost, condolences on your brother's passing, because that's a very difficult life to experience with one of addiction. Uh, And the fact that you were so connected and felt his passing wash over while you were working and that that was the path he chose. As far as having a knowingness about your husband passing away, I, 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 okay, I'll use my default because this is something that I recently was doing a reading and someone asked me for a timeline on when someone was going to pass. And I said, even if I could read the exact time of their death certificate, I ethically wouldn't feel comfortable sharing that. I knew when people in my life were passing as well, and it's a heavy feeling because you want to be wrong. You don't want to carry that. So I think the fact that, thank you for reaching out to us because we're a safe place to to vent this and absolutely no judgment, we get it. But I, I do think God getting you ready for this but um, I'm I'm at a loss with this one, Samantha. I don't know how to address it. Well, I think sometimes we can get these these intuitive nudges, and sometimes they do come to pass, as happened with her brother. But sometimes we get them, and either we're wrong or free will comes into play. I had a nudging that something was going to happen with one of my parents in in 2016. And I just ignored it and pushed it down, you know, as you do with those types of inner knowings. And I was very worried about it. And I didn't share it with anyone because, you know, it's just scary. And uh, my parents had a really, really bad car accident. We didn't know how far along my dad was into his Alzheimer's at the time. We thought it was Parkinson's and he went through a red light and uh, it was it was bad. They were in the hospital for a long time, but they survived. And so it could be that there's going to be an event coming up that's going to feel life-changing, but isn't necessarily life-ending. Either way, I would just take this as a reminder to enjoy the present moment. You know, if there's a trip you guys want to take, take it. If there's things you need to tell them, tell him. I wouldn't share this with him because I do believe in that placebo effect that we can sometimes make things happen if we believe them. Uh-huh. But I would I would take that intuitive nudging as a reminder to just enjoy every moment, praying that there's more than two years. Yes, that's that's an excellent way to to look at that. Thank you. Okay, our next one says, I just have a quick question. What would you recommend I do to find out why I have extremely vivid lucid dreams of dead people? Sometimes it's in a pleasant setting, sometimes not so much. I also find myself traveling in my dreams. I've kept an extensive journal for years and feel like these spirits or souls are showing me their personal history. What can I do to help me interpret or help these souls? Clearly, they're not giving up coming to me as this has been going on for years. I've also seen many apparitions. 
I'd love to feel like I've slept through the night just once and feel rested. Any suggestions are appreciated. Okay, so this is an example of someone who I call a soul traveler or a night worker. And I I do think that many of us are called upon in the uh, dream state to help newly arrived souls recognize that they have passed. I think sometimes we're called upon to hold space for them while they're going through their life review process and letting some things go from their earthly life. And I think it is an honorable service that we can do. However, if you feel like you haven't slept through the night once and feel rested, I will tell you as a fellow soul traveler myself, there are some things you can do. One, you can just say, hey, guys, tonight I want to go to sleep and just sleep. So no soul travels tonight. And I have found that that definitely works. Also, if you fall asleep to the TV or if you have a blue light or light on in your room, I've noticed for me personally, I tend not to have lucid dreams or astral travel dreams. And so I know it's not like a good recommendation, fall asleep to TV every night, but I just know that has worked for me. If I want to remember my dreams, I will not look at TV for like two hours before I fall asleep. I will try to fall asleep just meditating or reading something really comforting and spiritual. But when I want to just fall asleep and just rest, uh, often I will just put the TV on or leave a light on and that works. But again, remember just asking, I just want to, you know, sleep. And there's really, I have found there's really nothing you can do to help you help those souls. Because when I'm having those experiences, there's always people, invisible uh, people like my guides and their guides. I usually can't see them, but I can feel them standing behind me or beside me. And they're always telling me what I can do to help these souls. So just know that I don't think there's anything you have to do. Just uh, allow yourself to be this person of service during those dream experiences. Oh, that's wonderful. And I I think because it is an altered state, dreaming and, and that connection, I love that some people just so naturally step into the veil. They step, you know, we'd say, oh, cross the veil. I think people are stepping right into it when they do that work. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just releasing it. And there's a, not from personal experience and from a lot of people we've both talked to, not everybody does it that way. And just as similar dreams show up in different ways. But I agree with you. If you're being called to help, they know what they're doing. They know why you're there, even if it doesn't always make the most sense to you. Exactly. Our next one, I'm reaching out because I have no one in my life to talk to about these things. I'm the strong one. I don't ask for help. I'm really struggling. I hate my job, my apartment, my life, even myself. I've always had faith to help me, but now I'm questioning the Bible. Studying the history of it has revealed so much. And even if God is real, I'm just floundering. I feel like I've lost my light. I don't even know where to start on my journey for truth. I've been praying and trying to meditate, squirrel brain, and then I fall asleep, calling out to angels and guides, but no one is answering. Do you have any direction you can give me? I need a starting point or a direction I don't even know, really. That is uh, that dark night of the soul kind of place to be of not knowing where to turn, of not feeling like any of it is there. Interesting, in the last Community Connection show that we did, there was a question about doubting a higher power, doubting is there something more And we went into quite detail with that. But 
questioning can also be a beautiful way to open up to more. And I think finding, and I, I never ever would say, oh, just look for something happy and turn it. No, 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 no. That that's not kind and it's not respectful of where this person is. But I do believe you're calling out, they just haven't answered yet. Sometimes just put that yet on the end of it, because I in my heart, I do believe that they're they're listening, they're there, and it just hasn't come through as strongly yet. And sometimes it's that, what is that old saying? Don't give up before the miracle can occur. Like mm-hmm. when you when you've tried and tried and tried, but also the faith sometimes it's like a bungee cord and it's it's so far removed and then it snaps back it's like oh now i remember what this feels like so as far as being the strong one and not asking for help you sing it to the choir with that one so i i understand on a core level how much how how there there are many positive and negative attributes to being the strong one in some sense knowing that there's a self sufficiency and an ability to take care of yourself and be resilient huge but it also makes it that much harder to lower the drawbridge and let people in to help you including your guides yes yeah and so i would definitely start with learning to receive more and open your arms more in your daily life so that you can start to receive the help that your guides are most likely already trying to give you right now I think we've all felt this way at some point. And I'll tell you one thing that keeps popping into my head. I remember I had to teach a poetry class once and this one kid raised his hand halfway through the semester and he goes, Miss Faye, all these poems are so depressing. Like why are, why are all these famous poems about sad stuff? I thought about that and I, I thought, yeah, I've always wondered that too. And I said, you know, when, when you're happy and everything's going great in your life, we very rarely pause to think, oh, let me pause and enjoy this happy moment and let me write about it or paint about it or talk about it. We're just in the moment and enjoying it. And it made me realize that it's often in those darkest moments of our life that so much beauty and growth and joy actually is created. Do you ever think about that? Like it it sucks to go through it and it feels like it's never going to end when you're going through it, but you do get through it. There is always a light at the end of that tunnel. And when you look back at that tunnel, you realize how much you've grown and changed through that. There was a musician years ago, had a strong, strong following in Maine, was a nationally known international musician, but had a really strong following here. And oh my goodness, rip your heart out sad, but the energy of this person and the the heart behind it. And then he met someone and fell in love and it changed his whole songwriting and his style and he lost a lot of listeners because he wasn't writing from that same place. And I'm I'm really happy that things, you know, that he was in a better place, but it changed his whole, everything he was putting out creatively was completely different. Yeah. And so there's, I think it's important to recognize that there's, there's some good in every situation, even the most terrible ones. And I think when we get in those moments where we're questioning everything, who am I? Why am I here? What is out there to help me? What is the point of this? I think it's in those moments that we have to hold strong and remember what what do I normally do 
when I'm feeling a little lost. And I think we all have our own reflexive go-tos. So for me, it's always reading. So of course, you know, I would recommend books like The Interior Castle by St. Teresa Bavilla or Dark Knight of the Soul by John of the Cross or really anything by Wayne Dyer, anything that's going to uplift you. But maybe reading books isn't your thing. So you might want to look back into your life and think, whenever I've been feeling a little lost or alone, what have I done to pick me up and do more of that? But also try to lean into this moment and think, all right, what is this teaching me? And when you start to accept these feelings of isolation and loneliness and despair, rather than push them away, that's how you begin to work through them. And I think Denise is right. As you start to learn to receive more in your life, whether it's just a compliment or receiving a moment of a beautiful sunny afternoon in the midst of of February, I think sometimes that starts to have a domino effect and then you're able to receive the help that your guides and angels are trying to give you and ask people to pray for you. Prayers from other people have been shown to be so much more potent and powerful than prayers we say for ourselves. And if you don't believe me, just Google Dr. Larry Dossie. He's done a lot of research on this and has been able to prove that. So ask for help. And I know that might be uh, a new thing for you, but just ask people to pray for you and know that that will help as well. And know that we will be praying for you. Yes. And to feel that love and that spark into, I always equate exactly what this person, she said, or he said, or they said, you know, that uh, I don't feel like my, I've lost my light. And the picture that I've always had in my mind with that is that we all have a pilot light and sometimes it gets, starts to get really low and it starts to flicker a little bit and we have to turn that light up a bit. But one of the things, if you're working as an intuitive, this person feels very connected to me. This is just something you can do with your physical body is you can put your arms out to the side. So push your arms back and like feel that resistance a little bit of pushing your arms back and then tip your head up. That just doing that physical motion opens your heart chakra. So if you tip your head back a little bit and you open up and just, you can send that love to spirit. You can receive that love. But I think working on on that heart space is going to help the receiving become a little more gentle. Mm, That's a great suggestion. You know what else I like to do? I like to stand barefoot, you know, on the grass and open my arms and I and I say any energy that is being taken from me or has been taken from me in all directions of time I now call back to me. Mm-hmm. And I I find that very simple but also very very powerful because sometimes that's that's what leads us to feel as though our light has gone out. It's just too much energy's been taken from us and we haven't had time to fill up and charge up our battery again. And so again, just asking for that to come back to you can be really, really helpful. And maybe asking too for like-minded people to, because we're here, and I love that they reached out and said, you know, they they trust us and respect where we are and that they have no one to talk to, but we're, there's a lot of us out there now and we're finding each other. Well said. Okay, our next one is another dream story, and it says, in January 2018, I was cleaning out the basement, and in many different boxes, I came across items from an old boyfriend over 20 years ago, and so I threw it all away. 
About a week later, I had a dream, and that same old boyfriend and I were at the restaurant where we had worked together. He had a beard, which struck me as odd. I'd never seen him with a beard before. He was behind the bar where he bartended and had the entry piece of the bar lifted up, so there was no bar between us, and we could talk. There was an orange light everywhere, and it was the most loving energy I've ever felt. In the dream, he said, you have a son? I'd like to meet him. I said, okay. We talked a lot, but that's the only part I remember. When I woke up, I tried to go back into the dream just to get that amazing feeling of the love from the orange light. A few minutes later, my then four-year-old son came out of his room and said, Mom, I met a man last night. He had dark hair and a beard and said he knew you. I was rushing to get to work, so I didn't have time to focus on it. At work, I still felt that feeling of that orange light. I could not shake the dream. It was so real. When I got home that day, I kept getting this nudge to look him up. I put his name into Google as I stood holding my iPad waiting for the result. I literally fell to my knees when up popped a picture of him with a beard as part of his obituary. I was in shock. He had passed unexpectedly in August of 2017. To this day, I still cannot believe how all of that unfolded. I guess he was trying to get my attention when I was cleaning the basement. Then he realized he needed a different approach. Wow. That is so indicative of how souls will often come to visit us just to say, hello, I'm okay. Hope you are too. It could be part of his life review process because it was, you know, just a year after he had passed that he visited her this way and he was just wanting to check in and let her know that he was okay. He was in this loving light, happy that she had a son. And that's just amazing. It is amazing. And, and the connection that, you know, as John Holland says, love never dies. It always continues. So as mediums, do you think, so I don't know if you do this, but I do this not all the time, but sometimes if someone pops into my head that I haven't think to, that's my default is to check to see if it's an obituary, if there's an obituary and see if I'm connecting with someone in spirit. Do you ever do that? Yeah, sometimes I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So just making sure I saw both oars in the water. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Our next one is, uh, has a story they'd love to share about an experience that their sister had. My sister, who is a mother to a beautiful two-year-old daughter, sent me a text that said, I was dancing while holding Penny, and she started naming people in the pictures on the shelves behind me. She pointed at her mom's picture and said, Grandma. I lost it. The reason this moment is so amazing is that our mom, my niece's grandma, died in 2016 from a long battle with ALS. My sister and I were so important to our mom, and all she ever wanted was to see her grandchildren. My sister told me that she's shown our mom's picture to Penny and told her this is her grandmother, but only maybe twice and not recently. Plus, my niece is only two. I told my sister that to me, it was a sign that our mom is there and in communication with Penny. There's no way death was going to keep her from seeing and being there for her granddaughter, especially when my niece is also named after her grandmother. Oh, I love that. And it just validates little people have not shut it off. They are wide open. And I'm sure that Penny in spirit comes to visit little Penny a lot. Don't you see that in readings often when you name someone after a loved one in heaven, there does tend to be a special connection between those two? Yes. Yes. 
I find that absolutely interesting. And what a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing it. Okay, our next one says, I dreamed I was sitting at a table and talking to you, Samantha, uh, several days before Christmas. Unfortunately, I don't remember the whole dream, but I remember being told that you recommended aventurine, green aventurine. So I looked up the stone, and if anything, I could use the good luck. Then I dreamt that you and another lady, a brunette, came into my room with a box. You said, I'm not scared of any of this, and you shouldn't be either. Then all of you were taking things out of the box and setting them down around my room and bed. I think that dream might have to do with my divorce. Also, even though it is a bit out there, possibly two curses. A couple of months ago, I was listening to an audible book while running errands. The author was commenting on how curses and hexes are rare occurrences. The book wasn't interesting me very much. After loading up my daughter from preschool, out of nowhere, she says, you have two curses. Oh my gosh, I have to pause. Denise, can you imagine if your little preschooler (laughs) just popped out and said that? My daughter has speech delay, so I was a little excited she said a full sentence, yet it was also unsettling. I sprayed some sage spray in the car and said a little prayer. I might have missed it her a little and myself too. I have neglected my spiritual and physical self-care for some time. It was just this past year when I decided to take action. It has been positive, yet I have had many unusual physical injuries and illnesses and other things that just set me back. I wonder if maybe my husband's emotions and words inadvertently caused some issues. Also something in myself, maybe self-sabotage, possibly a generational curse or unsettled dilemma from a past life. Okay, well, I'm so conflicted about that word curses. Are you, Denise? Yes. Conflicted is a good way to say it. Yes. Yeah, because I... You know, on Psychic Teachers, Deb and I did a whole show on curses, and I did all the research and, you know, the Hope Diamond, like all those famous curses, and it is weird, and yet, I don't know, there's so many fake, fraudulent, uh, quote-unquote, psychics who are using that word curses to really take advantage of people, so it's just kind of a triggering word for me. However, comma, I do think that if someone is thinking a lot of negative stuff about you and they're saying a lot of negative stuff. I think that's energy. I mean, thoughts are real. Thoughts are the ancestor of action as the old proverb goes. And so I do think there's something real to that. I just don't want to call it a curse. I prefer to call it negative energy. And I think when you're going through a difficult time, like a contentious divorce, often that negative energy can, can sit on you if you're not careful And so I do think it's really important to practice self-care, as she was saying in this email. And I also think there's a lot of other stuff you can do. You can push that energy back. You can do a cord cutting meditation between you and aspects of you that you feel are self-sabotaging your progress. You can do a cord cutting between you and your former husband so that any of his negative thought energy directed towards you no longer affects you. Every day, I think you should be, we all should be putting up bubbles or shields of protective energy around us. You can wear or carry a stone for protective energy like hematite or shungite or pneumite or astrophyllite, tiger's eye. There's a lot that are great for protection. Amazonite is also really good for anyone going through a divorce, FYI. There's also, you can take his name and put it on a piece of paper and put it in a bottle of water and stick it in the freezer. And that will freeze any negative energy coming from him to you. 
Something I like to do though, if you're if you're going through a divorce and you're co-parenting, right? That's that's different. You don't want to freeze that person out of your life because you need to co-parent with them. So something you can do is write his name on a piece of paper, put it in a box or a little Tupperware container and cover it with sugar. So that that's an old, old cure that I read in a book long, long ago that is supposed to surround them with sugary energy so that they're nice and kind to you. And you can even write uh, with sugar, like you can take the sugar and add a little bit of cinnamon, and then you can write uh, with sugar and spice, you are always kind and nice to me. And I'll tell you that stuff works. Those are all incredible suggestions. Um, you know, as you were speaking, and the, the person had also mentioned, could it be possibly a generational curse? And, and it goes along with what you just said about when we speak of something, we give it, you know, thoughts become things, words become energy, all of that stuff. So are things that have been passed down in families or we never have any luck or re- your great, great grandmother was told by a, and it's, and it's, you know, carried over, carried over, carried over. So I, I do think that story of bad luck or I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the curse word is in the sense of, I think it's giving away your power, but I do think that another part of this is that the person mentioned they've been neglecting their spiritual and physical self-care for a while and have decided to take action again. So I wonder if that could be releasing some of that as well um, because they're, they're healing, they're healing from the divorce, they're healing from the the lack of spiritual and, and physical self-care. I love that the little person said that because I think that we have an incredible, I, I've worked with a lot of, of nonverbal folks or, or children or with parents who have nonverbal children and that telepathy, that communication, that energy exchange. So was that little girl picking up on what her mom was thinking or listening to? Was it uh, you know, letting her know that they have that strong of a bond? Oh, that's a great point. Okay, so a a listener and a former student of mine shared this prayer with me to help, I think, with some of the things that this listener is going through. Now, I'm looking at this piece of paper in my hand. I I printed it out. I've had it. It's been on my fridge for years, but there's no author. So I don't know who to give credit to. So I hope it's okay to share this. It says, to all uninvited influences in my aura, I send each of you love and light. You are created as love and light, and you remain as love and light. You are free, free of pain, free of anxiety, free to go home. You each have a perfect place to go, and I ask my higher self to take you there now. Each of you go in peace. And I just think that's such a lovely prayer if you're feeling as though there is negative energy on you. I agree. You're sending it away with just so much love and light. So, dear listener, you might want to try saying that prayer. That's beautiful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so this next one starts out with a, a reference to your book, which is wonderful. The person says that they have been enjoying the show and decided to purchase Samantha's book on audio and loved listening to it while out walking the dog. And goes on to say, I've been working on my lucid dreaming. And I have to say, since reading The Awake Dreamer, I'm seeing and remembering much more clearly. As a child, my dreams were very real, but I seemingly lost this ability after my older sister's death in 2003. 
I was just 16. The very few lucid dreams I had seemed to be more of a visitation than a dream. Hold on tight, ladies. I have a few examples. I was a fan of a good example. My, my mother has been struggling after my sister's death and said she wanted nothing more than a dream about her. It was hard for me watching my once vibrant mother being crushed by her overwhelming sadness. About a year later, I was asleep and dreamed I was laying in my mother's bed. My sister was sitting on the edge of the bed beside me and she smiled. She had long, dark hair like she did when she was younger. She was 19 when she was killed in a car accident. I started to ask her many questions and she didn't answer. She just kept smiling. I could see from the bed, the kitchen light was on and I knew my mom was in there. I sat up and said, oh my God, come come see mom. She needs to see you. My sister touched my hand and simply said, she's not ready yet. I woke up with a heavy heart, but even at my young age, I understood. Flash forward to 2022 and my cousin, who I'm very close with, is battling brain cancer. She was a bridesmaid in my wedding and godmother to my second born. She held on until her godson's second birthday and passed in the wee hours the next morning. I wrote a eulogy for her as I did for, with my sister. I've spoken at far too many funerals for someone my age. I agonized over what I wrote, changing lines and up until moments before I spoke. I felt incredibly unsettled about it. I had many people tell me I did a wonderful job, but between my grief was a feeling that what I said just wasn't good enough. I reread and wrote what I wrote almost every night after a funeral, still agonizing. Several weeks later, after reading Samantha's book, I went to bed asking her to come to me. I dreamt I was sitting at a table in the dark with one single light bulb hanging above the table. There was a piece of paper on the table, and I kept picking it up and putting it down. Finally, I looked behind me to see nothing but darkness. When I looked back, sitting across from me was my cousin and my sister. My cousin reached across the table, picked up the piece of paper and said, what you wrote is really beautiful. My sister sat lovingly smiling at me. When she set the paper down, she laid it on poppies, which now covered the table. I felt like she was telling me I could put it to rest. Since then, I haven't reread the eulogy. Oh my goodness. Wow. This is very much in the category of you can't make the shit up. Isn't that um, the truth? Wow. Um, and I mean, so open and feeling that. And um, the fact, I love that your book has been a catalyst to help this person reawaken that connection with lucid dreaming. And just, you know, the, it makes sense after a sister's passing of, of, having seemingly lost this ability goes back to what we spoke about when there's severe trauma, how it can impact your connection, but it will come back if, if you're open to that. Um, the fact that her sister said, you know, that her mom wasn't quite ready yet. And that's a sad, we, when we speak to people and they're aching for a dream or a connection from their loved ones in spirit, but there's still so much pain that there's a block there that that's really, really hard. And it's frustrating, you know, cause that's when they need it the most. Right. And yet so often what I always tell people is just ask that person to come to someone else in a dream 
and then they can get the message to you that way. And so I hope this listener was able to share that dream with her mom. And I hope her mom was able to hear it. Sometimes when you're in that much pain, you can't even, you know, you can't even hear those, those messages. I wanted, I wanted to share, cause I, I thought it was interesting that the table was covered in poppies. Mm-hmm. So I looked up this uh, spiritual meaning of poppies and in Christianity, it says the poppy symbolizes not only the blood of Christ, but his resurrection and ascent to heaven. And then in flower language, poppies represent consolation, remembrance, and death. It's everything. Wow. It says it's a common symbol that has been used to represent everything from peace and death, even to simply sleep and dreams. So I think that's really interesting. The other thing that really popped out was the uh, fact that the darkness was behind her when she was sitting at the table and there was that single light and there was a piece of paper on the table, but there was behind her, there was nothing but darkness, like putting that dark behind you and being so present there with her cousin and her sister. It's almost like they kind of set up this little date out in the ether somewhere. Yeah, exactly. It's so cool. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, this one says, recently I had a dream about someone from my hometown who passed away from cancer that I knew but not well. Her daughter is my age. We were in the basement of a dark house and her daughter was sobbing saying, how can she live without her mom? She had no idea what path in life to take. Just then her mom showed up with a lantern behind her to light up the room. She was stunning and was just emitting pure light and joy. Her daughter couldn't see her, unfortunately, but I could. Her mouth didn't move, but again, somehow telepathically, her mom told me she would always be there to light the way for her daughter. I told her daughter to start walking and her mom would light the way. Her mom quite literally walked ahead and turned on lamps all over the house so we could follow the light out. Next, we were sitting at a table and her mom said she would be there to support her always, especially during her wedding. She had just gotten engaged. She said, whenever you find yourself thinking, what would my mom say or do? You already know the answer. You know me better than anyone, and I will always be behind you and your brother, supporting and loving you from where I am. It felt so real. I do not know this girl well, but I did end up reaching out to her and asking if she would be open to hearing about the dream I had about her mom. We ended up talking, and thankfully she said she absolutely needed to hear that and was so grateful I told her. Wow. Again, there's an example, Denise, of someone not being able to come to their their person in a dream, but coming to someone else who could get the message across. And again, we have the symbolism of the light, the lantern right. leading the way. Yes. And and the telepathy that a lot of times we just know what they're saying. We know what the message is being that's being given to us. And this is and, and also a table. So yeah. Oh my goodness, there's a lot of correlations with this one. Yeah, that's so true. It just makes you think about how how much our loved ones on the other side want to connect with us and let us know they're still with us. And yet, you know, we can't always see them. But you know, we had spring on a couple of weeks ago and she had said that the veil is getting thinner. Remember she kept calling it paper thin? Yes. And I wonder, I have been feeling that because so many more people are opening up and starting to talk about this and feel comfortable sharing these stories. And and I think that's really, really important. I had to do a 
pre-interview for a show I had to go on to talk about my book, The Awake Dreamer. And the interviewer guy said to me, what's one of the most impactful dreams you've personally had? So I shared the dream where my mother-in-law visited me in a dream. And he sat back and he said, wow, that's that's an amazing dream experience. And I said, yeah. And he said, you know, and he shared a dream he had where his uncle came to him right after his uncle died. And he said, I, I just thought it was a dream. I never shared it with my aunt. And I said, well, I hope if nothing else, our talk today reminds you to, to share the dream with your aunt, you know? And he said, well, that dream was like over a year ago. I said, it doesn't matter. Like that's, that's an impactful dream. He had a dream where he saw his grandmother who had passed away years before welcoming the uncle, her son to the other side and was embracing him and holding him. And I thought, you know, you need to share that. And he said, really, you don't think she'll think? And I said, no, just share it. So many times we have these experiences and we think, oh, that was just a dream or, you know, wow, what a vivid imagination I have. And yet, as we make the time to realize that these dreams aren't always dreams, they're, they're actually visitations or soul travel experiences, the more we feel comfortable sharing them, the more other people, and it has this beautiful effect where soon we're all sharing that light. Oh, so, so, so beautifully spoken. Thank you. And I, if done, haven't you noticed that there's a, people are having more dreams, more connection over these last few months? I had three different people that they had, and this isn't a positive, but they had troubling dreams all on the same night. And I got three different emails. I said, I dreamt this or I dreamt that. And I said, well, I'm not your dream person. But in, you know, we looked at whatever. But I, I think that there's something that we're we're tapping into more deeply, not only our own subconscious and our own personal experience with the dream world, but that whole energy that that we're getting surrounded with as well. How does that work out? Like when when so many people are having and and one they were they were graphic dreams. They were heavy dreams were they negative or scary or both both okay i think often when we have those negative scary dreams it's very important to pay attention to them and to look at them more symbolically than literally so when we have nightmares are usually our subconscious's way of telling us something that we're not paying attention to in our daily life a fear or a little intuitive nudging that we're repressing or suppressing in some way. And according to Carl Jung and several other dream researchers, when you have those dreams, every person in the dream, whether you know them or not, whether they're alive or have passed on, represent an aspect of you. Right. So you have to look at, okay, well, this scary person was chasing me or this scary thing was doing, you have to look at, what aspect of that is me and what is this trying to tell me? And so I think scary dreams, I mean, they're not fun to have, but they can be incredibly eye-opening in terms of making us look at something in a way that, that we need to look at it, that we're not in our daily life. You know, what's interesting is as you were talking, I was like looping those three people and those three dreams together that they shared with me. Every single one of them had an aspect of having no control over a really disruptive situation. 
So I wonder if that was just reflective of what they're feeling of the energy in the world right now. Yeah, it definitely could be. And you have to look at other things in a dream too, like where it takes place. So mm -hmm. if it's in an attic, it can be the subconscious. If it's in, um, I'm sorry, if it's in the basement, it can be the subconscious. If it's in the attic, it can be the superconscious. If you find a, a room in your house you'd never seen before, that's usually either about you seeking something and, and needing to find something in your own life, or it can be a dream telling you that something really great, you're going to discover something really great soon. Water dreams are about emotions, bathroom dreams. A lot of people have dreams in the bathroom, uh -huh. the, the tub overflowing or something like that. And that's bathroom dreams are often things we are not letting go of. Think about what you do in a bathroom. Uh -huh. It's all about letting go of crap in your life to be very right. literal. So you also have to look at where a dream is taking place. If it's taking place at your office where you go every day, is that making you look at your work or is that more talking about things you have to work on in your own life? So you have to, I think it's really fun to to pick dreams apart and look at every everything, the people in it, the place, uh, even the season, was it daytime? Was it nighttime? Was it winter, spring, summer, fall? All of that is your subconscious's way of trying to share a story with you. Because remember, our subconscious does not think or communicate in words. It only communicates in pictures and feelings. Well, and that goes back to your encouragement for folks to keep a dream journal. Because when you start tracking them, you might start to see a pattern, especially in those types of dreams. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you might see a pattern too. And like we, we've just come out of a lot of retrogrades. Mm -hmm. And so I think over December and January with all that retrograde stuff, it was a lot about uh, digging deep, looking beneath the surface. And so if you keep a dream journal, sometimes you're able to see, oh, well, that was during, you know, a Pluto retrograde or a Mars retrograde where I wasn't taking action or I felt very stuck or stagnant or that I didn't have control over the actions in my life. And you might, you might start to see patterns there, which I think is really interesting. Now that we're through all of those retrogrades for, for a while, which is great, you might start to see that your dreams are more positive or you have more of these beautiful dream visitation stories we've shared here. And it's hopeful. <laughs> it's very hopeful that maybe with the retrogrades behind us, we can start to step into more of an even balanced place. Yes, very hopeful. And I just pray that tonight, as you all go to, go to sleep, ask to have a dream visitation, ask to have an insightful dream that gives you some, some help and some guidance on your path. But also as you're falling asleep, maybe if it's not too much to ask, maybe just pause for a moment and, and say a prayer for anyone that is going through grief or is feeling stuck, lost, and alone, like some of our listeners have shared, because we have been getting a lot of emails like that, Denise, lately. Yes, us? very much so. And People I are going through a lot. Yes. And I don't think we can discount the power of our of our prayers and our intent, even if you don't know the person. Right. You know, you can still just say, 
I wish a blessing or good luck or something something wonderful and, and mystical happens to anyone right now feeling lost and alone and in need of guidance. And that that intention, that prayer, whatever words you want to put on it, will go out to the people that need it. And I, and I think we all need to remember that we have that capacity, that light within us to share and send that joy and that blessing and that light to anyone who needs it. Oh, I love that. And maybe coming from a place of anonymity about it with you may not know where it's going, but you're sending that pure intention. It's going to help someone that you may never encounter in this lifetime, but who needs it more than someone that you may think that comes to mind immediately. Yeah. Well, one quick story I shared in, in my book, a listener had emailed me and said, I listened to your episode on the power of prayer. And she said, so I fell asleep just saying anyone who needs good energy, positive energy, a blessing, I pray that they get it. And she fell asleep repeating something along those lines over and over and over again. And when she woke up in the morning, her roommate said to her, I had the most amazing dream where you came to me and were hugging me and comforting me and making me feel so much better. And I just woke up feeling lighter than ever. Oh, so she didn't even intend for the prayer to go to her roommate. And yet it did. Oh, see that that's one of the reasons we do this stuff, isn't it? Yeah. I love that. I do too. So thank you guys for taking time to send in these great stories and questions and remember, we are still collecting dream visitation stories, so you can always email those or a question you have for our next Community Connections show. Just email us, enlightenedempaths at gmail.com. We'd love it if you take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review our show so more people can find us or just tell a friend to check us out. And you can also find us on Facebook at Enlightened Empaths. For more information on our work, you can go to Denise's site, thegratefulmessenger.com, or my website, samanthafay.com. We hope you guys have a great week filled with wonderful dreams and mystical, magical experiences. Please remember, as always, to show up, do great work, and share your light. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.